0: This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spent half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains of Central Oregon. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life, even now as a media creator and a beer professional. This is how Mountain Sea Media was born. I realized how impactful stories are to our lives and business. Stories share good experiences and the warmth of friends, they improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at Jeremy at It's your story, I'll help you tell it. Welcome to a special mini series of the Good Beer Matters podcast. These episodes are dedicated to helping the small, regional, large breweries, distributors, importers, as well as on and off premise businesses in the beer industry survive this pandemic and even thrive once it's over. In this special series, we hear from industry experts to get their take on the biggest challenges and what you can do about it. Julia Herz is the craft beer program director at the Brewers Association and publisher of craftbeer.com. In her role at the BA, she serves as an educator and as a spokesperson for the association. She also co-authored an excellent book simply called Beer Pairing. Julia, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I've been wanting to talk to you for quite some time now
1: yeah I appreciate the chance to do this in a focused environment and right back at you
0: well and and i was i had hoped to do a a longer uh podcast episode a little lengthier conversation for the for the kind of like the the general podcast but um this is the current environment that we're in and uh you have um you have some very uh specific uh unique and great insight that I definitely wanted to uh to borrow for the sake of uh, the uh, businesses out there. Um, so hopefully we can have you back on a, on a regular podcast. But for now, um, I, I'm just grateful that you came on to my little mini series of the pandemic podcast uh, to kind of help those uh, businesses in the beer world uh, survive and then thrive. So I, I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Um, uh, just as a quick housekeeping thing, um, in case there's that one person out there who is not aware of you, uh, your work, and uh, and everything else that you do in the beer world, will you give us just a uh, a quick background on your uh, role in the beer world?
1: Sure. Um, my background is I am a home brewer by uh, by hobby, and still to this day, love it. Uh, My background professionally is I was a broadcast journalism major, worked at CNN Washington, D.C. Bureau out of college, um, and did many jobs and iterations in my career. But when I finally found my way to the Brewers Association, I felt like I found a home. Um, I've been the craft beer program director uh, since 2007, and uh, I'm honored to be one of the the voices and advocates on behalf of independent craft brewers in the U.S.
0: Excellent. Uh, And uh, one thing you left out is you wrote uh, a tiny little book about uh, beer and food. You want to talk about that real quick?
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing the the fun, geeky stuff into the mix, because it's not just all about the business of beer, right? Oh, well, that's Um, what I do. I
0: bring the geeky stuff in.
1: It's important. Um, I mean, the beverage brings us together, beer brings us together, and there's so much connection there, too, to community. Um, And when you get to the sensory side... Uh, I just love the aspects of what's going on with beer, and the pairing component is so in um, into my kind of DNA now that I wrote a book on it. I co-authored the book Beer Pairing, uh, launched the end of uh, 2016, um, and it's everything I would want any beer educators, beer geeks, brewery um, reps, and or brewers to know about beer pairing and how it can work for you.
0: Perfect. Uh, and I did get a copy of that book, uh, and I—that that is on my vast list of books to uh, read through again as I uh, prepare for the next level of Cicerone. Um, but, it, you know, for me, we can talk about uh the beer science. We can talk about water chemistry. We can talk about uh grains and uh and ground to glass type of stuff all day long A- at some point, I have to ask the question so what and for me uh the the uh, beer flavor and pairing with food is the answer to that question so what um so I appreciate your work in that uh, in that part of this wonderful world.
1: Yeah, very well articulated. I love it.
0: Thank you. Um, So uh, before we get into, uh, no pun intended, the meat and potatoes of this, um, what are you drinking?
1: (laughs) I have in front of me, and I'm talking to you from my home um, in Lyons, Colorado. Uh, Right um, the next town over is not just Boulder, Colorado, where the association offices are, are located, but also Longmont, Colorado, and we've got this little triangle of amazing breweries. I just cracked it. I don't know if you could hear that. Oh, yeah. Now I'm pouring it into my glass. And so I've got the Upslope Lager. It's a great uh, midday beer, um, very sessionable. Their craft lager has really kind of, kind of catapulted them uh, into even a, a more broad place. And Upslope uh, has been making great beers. In the Colorado Front Range area, and they're distributed in multiple states. And I'm I'm just a big fan of what they do.
0: That sounds actually fantastic. I've heard of them, but I have not had any of their beers. Um, but uh, so on my end, I am drinking a beer um, out of uh, Washington. If I if I remember correctly, uh, it's called Haywire Brewing. They have a a rye red IPA called uh, Pigsty um that is absolutely delicious and just intensely aromatic um the tannins on this are really are really kind of light but you just get that wonderful spicy earthy um, uh, flavor just kind of uh, paired with that wonderful good old-fashioned like Cascade Centennial is kind of what I imagine they use, but it's just very wonderful piney citrus, but there's a lot of body to it as well. It's a little, little big of a beer to have. So here we are talking uh, early afternoon on Friday. Um, This should have been my dinner beer. I should have had a a lager like you, but... But uh, I, I guess I, I went with this uh, red rye IPA, and it's delicious. Well,
1: you're, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you did a great job. I didn't even dive into the sensory aspects. And I feel like rye and that nip of spice, and it also lends almost a rust or red color hue. It's fantastic when snuck into red ales. So I love the sound of that combination. And anytime I see a, a rye red ale, I'm all in. So, oh, yeah. So cheers to you. I hope you enjoy it.
0: Uh, so far, so good. Thank you. Um, now, let's talk about, um, you know, I've I've had a few guests on this particular um, mini-series, uh, and I'm asking them the same question, but of course, we all have a different point of view, um, kind of looking at the same problem. Um, and so I, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but from what you're looking at, uh, from from uh, where you see things, and, and uh, coming especially from the uh, Brewers Association, for the for the uh, small regional large breweries, the uh, tap rooms, the on premise off premise businesses out there, what is the biggest challenge that you see that we're facing right now with this pandemic?
1: Um, yeah, so really to get to the nitty gritty of it, and this is uh, there's no words really to describe this generational uh, disruption and what we will talk about for generations and the the global climate. Um, not just unique to small business, but to everyone personally and professionally, is off the charts hard to kind of get at verbally. But when you're just talking about breweries in the U.S., um, we certainly have a sense, and we've done two impact polls, Um, as the National Association, the one we published on our website, and you can go there, BrewersAssociation.org, on April 7th, um, relayed to us really daunting and sobering information from those breweries that replied to the survey. Almost 46% of them said that they would not be able to survive more than one to three months. And so we're in an environment where we have 8,300 breweries on the books for 2019, um, and now if that is, you know, looking at the percentages of 40%, um, it's, it's a daunting um, impact to such a fragile and yet was thriving um, community of small brewery businesses.
0: So you're not just simply interpreting some uh, data collected remotely. You actually heard directly from the independent brewers themselves, and that's where you came up with your figure of, of 40-something percent may not be here come summertime?
1: Um, They're saying that in those that replied, yes. And we um, survey directly to the breweries themselves.
0: Now, is this necessarily all doom and gloom? Uh, Is there there any silver lining that's coming out of this for the small businesses, do you think?
1: There's absolutely not just doom and gloom. A couple of things, and kind of keep me, get me back on track if I get off track, but it's really important to anyone, all of us are, are in this. We're in the middle of an event, right? And the event is unfolding. Um, we're, we're in the beginning of this event, too. We're not even in the long-term, you know, part of the ending of the event. So there's the silver lining in any time that a crisis is happening. The silver lining is growth. The silver lining is evolution. The silver lining is learnings that you take to then come back even stronger, um, it's a bit philosophical today on this Friday, you know, when I answer these questions, but that's kind of my big picture answer to that. And then specifically, what we're seeing is is that breweries who had business models that would allow them to quickly pivot, and that's such a common word these days, the pivot, um, to curbside uh, pickup um, delivery and or direct-to-consumer sales. And so the um, environment has created a temporary allowance for that in most every state. Um, And so breweries um, who are determined to be, you know, a part of the food establishment and food um, uh, establishments were now a part of the essential businesses that can stay open. Um, So breweries have been allowed to be on that list, and that is, um, you know, a a blessing for them. The third of the sales that they'll be able to pick up from the to-go, the delivery, the curbside, um, is not necessarily going to keep the doors open long-term, but it's going to maybe make the difference for that extra days or weeks of sales that when they finally do get back on track and we physically are all going back out into dining and hospitality establishments again, um, that maybe they were allowed to uh, have that sales boost long enough to keep, keep the doors open. So I think that's part of the silver lining. And then also getting breweries to get their head in the game um, around diversification, right? Uh, you know, breweries that have gift cards are are doing sales, uh, not just for beer, but merchandise, gift cards, um, and and the like. And so, that is, I think, a big lesson that a lot of breweries are seeing and maybe going to apply here forward as well.
0: Well, and and I kind of see this as, uh, I, you know, I prefer to look at the world uh, with a, an optimistic point of view. Um, you know, keeping realism and data kind of in line with all that. So I'm not a, a, a hopefully a hopeful romantic when it comes to optimism. Um, but I kind of see this as almost like an industry intermittent fast where we get to uh, uh, kind of um, shed some uh, weight that was holding us down, kind of uh, do a little bit of an in-house uh, cleaning so that we come out stronger and better. Um, prior to this we were well over 8,000 uh, independent breweries in the nation which to my knowledge uh, was a brand new high watermark that far surpassed anything we had seen before uh will this be and I'm sorry I didn't prep you for this question ahead of time, but will this be a forgive me for sounding insensitive, but will this be kind of like a kind of a, a cleansing type of purge do you think?
1: Well, I think um, you can couch the disruption in multiple ways uh, and and many breweries will have to look at the numbers. Because when you see the closings that are not that, that are going to not reopen, um, we're going to need to look at the age of those breweries, the production of those breweries, the geography of those breweries, and then you're going to start to see the patterns of really what happened and why. And I think until we see that. Um, it's not fair to say that, you know, you're, you're cutting the dead weight, because what about areas that didn't have the regulatory environment that then nurtured the breweries during this crisis time, you know, as much as the state next door? So I think it's a hard one to say, but, you know, you, the way you couch it um, is, uh, is, is certainly Interesting uh, phrasing, and you know, again, back to daunting and, and sobering times.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I certainly do hope that we can save all the businesses and breweries that we can, but uh, but again, being somewhat realistic, we're going to have a lot of uh, lessons to learn coming out of this as well. So, um, and, and I know you guys always do a great job uh, disseminating information. So uh, I, I I hope that this is this type of information will be something that is publicly available to all, uh, a a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, Yeah, it's a, this is, people uh, have made um, analogies to the Spanish flu of, I think it was 1914, something like that. And there are some similarities, but we're in a completely different time, completely different tools, completely different uh, set of knowledge. So we really do have to amend the uh the uh uh, playbook for this
1: yeah um and i think about the things that'll last and linger from this uh, on that list is this virtual experience that we're all now going through with each other and think you know the internet is helping keep us together um it's also i think forcing you know the need for mental breaks and 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 mental health awareness even more because screen time is good but it also it could be detrimental if you do too much But breweries um, and restaurants, frankly, are doing everything from, you know, digital tastings now in a broad way. I was on a Zoom call last night on a panel um, through Weldworks Brewing in Colorado uh, where they had almost 200 people calling in on that Zoom call while we chatted as panelists. And they were it was interactive um, and people were waiting, putting questions into the waiting room and the moderator would toss them in. And it was very interactive and it was social, too. So I think some of that is going to stick, which is interesting. Um, And another thing, if you want to get at the regulatory asks, and I don't know how much you want to dive into that, but we've got on BrewersAssociation.org a pretty robust list of what we've asked for on behalf of craft brewers. And the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act, which is something that's been in play for quite a while on an ask level, and it was approved for two years. We've always wanted it to be permanent, that recalibration of federal excise taxes that brewers pay on every barrel of beer. But we got it passed for two years, which allowed breweries that make less than 60,000 barrels of beer a year to have the tax that they pay um, from $7 to $3.50 per barrel. Then it was up, and it got re-extended for 2020. But We are now asking for a suspension of all excise tax in 2020, all of it, and we want to see the Excise Tax Relief um, Act become permanent. Um, And so getting at the fact that craft brewers pay a disproportional amount of tax compared to other industries and the fact that these small businesses um, are really lumped in and getting hit even more, if we could, from this type of environment, get an ask like that to be extended permanently, Um, I think that would be another good example um, of something good coming from a very bad time.
0: And and that's a really good point you bring up because uh, I think there's a – there's a general feel of of we're all in this together, and we all need to do our part. And those people who are doing more, we kind of need to hook them up. You know, like the uh, folks in the medical community. Um, you know that you know there are places sending a bunch of pizzas and hotels arranging uh, rooms for free, and you know kind of taking care of those who are taking care of us. And so there is a a sense of we need to do our part. But like you said, if if breweries are paying. Their undue uh, part in taxes and and having an additional burden uh, comparative to other industries. Then uh, I th- I think uh, I'm not a brewer uh, or in in, a, in a, uh, a commercial brewery, but I do appreciate that you know we need to kind of help those people out too and and level the playing field. So thank you for your work on that.
1: Yeah, and there's plenty of other asks in the mix. You touch upon one that's kind of in play where we want to work to see if we can get a temporary tax incentive started to encourage sales at on-premise establishments, which would include breweries once they are back and open. Um, And, you know, expanding business entertainment tax deduction, like a 50% tax when you're traveling out of state um, or out of your region and, and eating and dining at an establishment such as a brewery or a restaurant. Um, those kind of incentives can help um, when us as the average you know, consumer are ready and comfortable to go back into dining um, and hospitality establishments. And that's a whole other thing to get at because in this environment, there's a spectrum of, uh, of responses and reactions and new expectations being set. My comfort level might be more liberal to go out to a public space than somebody else who's maybe really wanting to be conservative and, 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 and much more protected and, and you know, uh, cloistered. Uh, so there is this whole uh, question mark lingering, even though states are now reopening as early as next week and saying um, the Reopen um, America Again plan from the White House and the feds and states are doing their own version of that. But as early as next week, some states are saying, okay, this is how we're going to reopen, and this is what restaurants need to do, and bars are treated a little differently, which is interesting. But where our comfort level as, I guess, consumers, um, I always like to refer to myself as a beer lover, but consumers, um, is going to be different for different people, and how do establishments and breweries focus on helping people feel comfortable that they will be, I can't guarantee safe, right? Nobody can, um, but as safe as can be based on the practices and standards that have been forth for proper sanitation and proper social distancing.
0: Yeah, and as of this recording, I think I read in the news this morning that Georgia is just uh, getting ready to start opening back up for business as far as like a phase one. Um, You know, I'm in Oregon and, uh, you know, my wife works in a non-essential medical uh, capacity, um, but that office is uh, preparing to open back up in the beginning of May. Um, So the so we are starting to make plans to to open up America for business again. Um some of it may seem a little cavalier, some of it may seem a little conservative. Um, but I think moving forward, we are going to see a combination of that. Um you you put the you uh you said it perfectly. When I go to the grocery store, I've got a mask on, but there's, you know, tons of people who don't. As we move forward and start going back to tap rooms and, and breweries again. Um, I think there will still uh, be a need for uh, a a creative way to open up the space that makes it feel safe and comfortable for everybody. Um, And and the question I wanted to ask you earlier, but I'll just kind of ask it now because it kind of goes hand in hand with this stuff, is um, uh, what are some of the more creative ways that you are aware of uh, that breweries have been able to continue to engage with their customers?
1: Absolutely. I'll give you one example. Again, I'm I'm all about the small towns. Uh, Another small town near me is Berthead, Colorado. Wonderful little brewery called City Star. They're definitely a great American beer festival, award-winning brewery. Um, I've got in my fridge right now their Red Ale, speaking of Red Ale, one of their hazy IPAs, one of their traditional American IPAs, and then a bunch of their sours. So they do... Crowlers to go and then they also do incredible bottle bottled sour and barrel program whitney and john own it and so i went out there to check out what they were doing as my first in four weeks get out of the house go to a brewery finally visit and i really did have to kind of bide my time and say it's not about me wait and and yet i wanted to support breweries, so i ordered online on their website And their order, uh, the order confirmation came through my email. And then I drove 20 minutes to the brewery and they basically say, text us when you're here. Um, And you pull up and they've got this big tent outside the front of their door, um, kind of on the sidewalk in front of the brewery, which is on the main street in Berthoud, Colorado. And their their two staff were there keeping safe social distance from customers and each other. They had masks on and gloves. um, And I talked to Whitney for a while. And I got a sense of how they were creatively doing what they were doing. And she said their sales were down more than 40 um, percent, but the to-go sales was helping them at least mop up some of it. And one thing I noticed when I was there was an incredible little program called the Pay It Forward program. And they had all these little stickies, those those kind of um, post-it notes on the front door of the brewery and the front window and there were hundreds of them and when you order your beer online you're able to for six dollars buy somebody else a beer and when they show up they can grab that little sticky and get a get a crawler to go or get a beer um you know at least have the beer waiting for them when the brewery fully reopens so super creative meaningful way to generate business and also give back to others
0: and that's great that's great um uh, in fact, there is a, uh, tap room near my uh, house, about, uh, 20 minutes or so away. Uh, awesome tap room. It, 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 you know, every time I walk in there, it feels like I'm walking into Cheers because it's family owned and, and everyone that walks in there, um, the, 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 family knows each of their customers by name, it seems. Um, and they've got like, I don't know, like 36 taps on the wall too. So this place doesn't suck. Um, uh, but I walked in there, uh, last week, um, and uh, and, he, and the owner told me that you know thank God they bought a crowler machine because they were able to sell, uh, sell all their beer to go because otherwise he, it sounded like it would have been dire if it weren't for that crawler machine. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yes. and I'm aware of other places that are, are just using this time to do some creative videos, all the stuff that had been on the uh, marketing back burner for quite some time, but they're finally putting them out now. So. There, there is a quite a bit of creativity to stay engaged and continue to foster that relationship that they've, that all these businesses have spent so much work and time trying to build.
1: Yeah, and frankly, the draft component has really dried up. It's a double whammy to small brewery tap rooms um, because they not only were depending on everybody to come in the front door and just order beer by the pint or tasting glass, right? Um, but then the the small amount of accounts that they did have near their brewery were mostly only draft. And so going to packaging is a definite pivot that we've seen most breweries mm. go to in in March if they weren't already on the train. and you bring up exactly the one of the biggest solutions, which is the Crowler solution. Um, and and you know the good old fashioned growler, uh, Crowler being a can. Um, but we have really seen technology help crack brewers in that way. And as long as the supply of crawlers can keep up, because there was a bit of a shortage that we heard about in <laughs> yes. March, um, we're we're going to be good. And and it's all about that diversification. One package doesn't work; try for another, um, and definitely do the pivot when you can.
0: Yeah, uh, and and you know sometimes it's not that big of a difference that makes all the difference. So uh, hopefully, brewers are staying creative. Um, so uh, one of the big questions that we kind of talked about what brewers are doing to survive, the next question after that I really want to get at is what can brewers do right now? What can small businesses, tap rooms, restaurants, bars do right now to set themselves up to thrive when this is recent history?
1: Yep, and that's certainly on our radar. Just this morning, um, we published two big things, by the way, and I can talk about the The Brewer, um, the Believe in Beer Relief Fund in a a minute if you want. But we just also published a checklist for reopening guide. And these considerations are definitely what we want breweries paying attention to for standard operating procedures to put in place so they are ready to reopen. And there's so many guidelines now that they would need to follow in their retail establishments that were just not on the radar as much before. Um, And it has everything to do with keeping not just, you know, your customers feeling comfortable to come in the front door uh, because you've done proper sanitation and social distancing, but also making sure your staff, right, your staff Mm -hmm. remain safe and um, have the proper uh, PPE, you know, type of equipment. So everything from hand washing and um, standard operating procedures to restarting your draft system – Um, to getting, you know, your uh, enforcement uh, visible to what you expect your customers to do. How do I handle going into the restroom? How do I handle opening up that door? Um, Where do I stand when I want to pay? And having the customers be a part of the problem, part of the solution, not the problem. And that has to do with communications within your brewery with signage and taping off certain areas and really getting a little more rustic, right? Um, Not as nuanced and and about... uh, you know, the architecture, um, and, and visually aesthetically pleasing things, but things that can be put physically in our view. So we know what the expected flow is within the establishment to remain safe as customers.
0: Now, are these assets available now?
1: Yes. brewsassociation.org and our COVID research center has it all.
0: Okay. And, and I will, uh, I will find that and, and, uh, and link that in the, the notes I put out with this episode as well for anyone who's listening. Um, uh, uh, then I guess to kind of finish this up, um, how can anyone connect with, well, you, we are, you just mentioned the Brewers Association, but, um, will you repeat that? But I will, just for anyone who wants to connect either with you or with the Brewers Association to get this information and even more information, uh, where can they go for that?
1: Sure. So BrewersAssociation.org is the main website as uh, the national association with a members-only area. But everything we publish on COVID, everything we publish on brewery safety, and multiple other topics are all free and available, whether you're a member of ours or not.
0: Uh, And if uh, people just want to double down on uh, beer and food again, what was the name of your book one more time?
1: Sure. Uh, Beer Pairing. Can't forget it. It's It's just right there, Beer Pairing. And um, you can follow my Beery Adventures and Foodie Adventures on at hers, H-E-R-Z Muses. So it's at hers muses. um, Mostly I'm active on Twitter.
0: Awesome. Um, And uh, any final words of wisdom, anything you want to add to this?
1: Uh, No, uh, not. Well, I guess I could summarize it with be kind to yourself, be kind to each other, support each other. I think our country um, is about to get into even harder times as people um, continue to get affected by this interruption. And so we need to remain diligent on how to help each other, check in with each other, be verbal and advocate for yourself if you need help um, and uh, pay attention to what makes you feel happy and good. And then uh, always giving to each other can help you with that as well.
0: That's a great point. It'll take some time to reopen, but it'll take even while, uh, a while longer to get out of the woods, um, proverbially speaking. But um, thank you so much for coming on this uh, mini-show, and uh, thank you for your insights.
1: Okay, Jeremy. I'm going to look forward to that beer pairing podcast we're going to do one day, too, right?
0: <laughs> you got it. You got it. Great. Thank you.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the special mini-series of the Good Beer Matters podcast. I hope it was helpful, and I can't wait to have a beer with you out in public again soon. Until then, cheers.